Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. 26-year-old Laura Brennan has passed away. She passed away yesterday and she was the public face of the HPV vaccine campaign. And can we say, first of all, our condolences to our family and our friends in County Clare. Uh, But many young women will literally owe their lives to her and her bravery in the face of her terminal... Pardon me. Her terminal diagnosis. Laura Brennan first contacted the HSE in September 2017 after she received a diagnosis of terminal cervical cancer at the age of 25. Although she initially went through treatment and was predicted to have a good chance of recovery, the cancer eventually and sadly spread to her lymph nodes. Two months after receiving the MRI scan that gave her an all clear, another doctor told her that the cancer had moved to her chest and that palliative care was among her only options. Now, last week, as Laura's health continued to deteriorate, the HSE confirmed that parents and children seem to be getting the message. Latest figures now show from the HSE the uptake rate for the vaccine has now reached 70%, considering it was at an all-time low going back about two years ago to 50%, which is an increase of 20%, which is lots of lives saved, and all with thanks to Laura Brennan. But rather than waiting to die, Laura remained positive And despite being in the final days of her illness, Laura continued to campaign and express optimism that the trend of the uptake would continue and that would continue upwards. She said, as you will all know, I won't be happy until as many of our girls are protected as possible and until boys are included in the vaccination programme. I'm only 25. This isn't supposed to happen to women of my age. You have to keep positive about everything. Laura was too old to get the HPV vaccine at the time because she wasn't around for the, the initial uh, immunisation programme. She was too old at that stage because it's given to girls usually 12 years of age at the start. So she wasn't there when it was rolled out in Irish schools, but became annoyed by the misconceptions that cervical cancer, about cervical cancer and rumours about vaccine safety after her diagnosis. She recalls how people told her that cervical cancer was one of the best cancers to get because it was so treatable. And Laura's campaign started with her appearance in the HSE video last March 2018 uh, when the service rolled out the, the second phase of its HPV vaccine information campaign. And in the video, she spoke of her previous optimism and that her cancer could be cured and of the false hope that there was a good chance that she could be cured. And she said, the vaccine saves lives. It could have saved mine. Now, this video received huge positive reaction following its launch and then led to, of course, Laura being on The Late Late Show. I'm sure many of you remember that. But today is the day. Today. Actually, today. If you have daughters in secondary school, today is the day that young girls and hopefully boys in the future will be getting that jab that will save thousands, thousands of lives. The immunisation programme that protects young girls was badly damaged back in 2016, mainly by misinformation and campaigners, by anti-vaccination groups who spouted rubbish with no medical evidence whatsoever to back them up. They started a campaign that would lead to the deaths of many young women and many will die in the future because they sadly missed out because the parents listened to the misinformation, listened to their stories about their daughters who allegedly had a mysterious illness, which they claimed was caused by the vaccines. These claims were never proven And time and time again, they've been disproven. But yet many parents still risked their daughter's lives and didn't get the HPV vaccine. And for them and them, it's too late. Way too late. Sadly, it's too late now. Unless they want to go and pay for it themselves, they're not part of the immunisation programme. 
And it may be too late for the fact that they may have been sexually active since 2016. And for them, HPV, they may have already contracted it. They may already have precancerous cells. We won't know till they're a little bit older, till they start getting smear tests. So many girls, because of that drop from initially 85% down to 50% because of those campaigns in 2016 by campaigners and anti-vax campaigners, many of those girls who didn't get the vaccine, that 35%, that drop, they could die. And if they do, people have blood on their hands because those girls could have been protected. I'm not saying all of them would have been protected. I'm not saying that we could ever probably eliminate cervical cancer. We can certainly reduce it. Statistics have shown since the vaccination came in in Australia first back in 2006, they've had a massive drop in precancerous cells and cervical cancer. Although it's been early stage to tell about cervical cancer yet because women generally don't get it till it's midlife, usually around 45. Laura was very young to be getting cervical cancer, but it does show you that at a very young age, you can get precancerous cells and cervical cancer. So protect your daughters. Today is the day. The jabs are being given actually today. The immunization program is today in schools in this country. It's not just a coincidence that we're doing it today and Laura sadly passed away yesterday. Bernie, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Bernie? Hello, how are you, Niall, today? Um, I extend my sympathies to the family and friends of the poor girl who passed away from this awful disease. How um, Are the parents being irresponsible for not getting their children vaccinated now that the evidence is coming to light that more and more children are suffering from getting the disease earlier um, mm-hmm. yes, we have to revisit it I know as a nurse I would have been always scared in the past about all the side effects and yes some people have, can have catastrophic um, interact reactions from uh, anything two Panadol could give us so Absolutely. yes I can mm. see the fear I can see the fear in everybody however I think it, we have to point and say okay it's begin to realise that it does work it will, it will help reduce our evidence, you know... The evidence evidence is clear that it has reduced it. It has reduced precancerous cells. It's still a little bit early to say how many lives we'll save in the future, but we can clearly see that there's an 80% reduction in Australian precancerous cells in young girls. Yeah, so there is some some evidence out there from another country with the similar age groups and backgrounds as ourselves. So, yes, um, honestly... I think we should revisit it and try and re-educate ourselves into it and say, right, this is another vaccine that would possibly, has the potential to save our children's lives. Yes, we should visit it. I mean, I think this young woman was amazing. Knowing that she only had a short time to live, she volunteered herself. The HSE didn't contact her. I was listening to the story this morning. She actually went on Facebook and said, I want to help, knowing that she was going to die. And yeah, she, she wants to make sure no other girl what went or will go what three went, she went through. Yeah, like, I mean, so many people, when they get the terrible diagnosis, end up in a ball and they're not able to cope. She was exceptionally brave. And based on her story, we should all revisit the fact, get over ourselves and look at it and see the best outcome for our children. We're trying to protect them. I mean, and, if you look statistically yeah, at the world, course, like, no, nobody has died from the vaccine. There hasn't been a. There was one girl in America. They tried to claim died, but she had other underlying symptoms. Right? She had a heart condition. Yeah. She had other underlying symptoms. But nobody has actually physically died from the vaccine. But yet, look at the stats: three hundred and twenty, I think it is, women die every year from cervical cancer in this country. And that's yeah. not the look at the amount of women who's had their had to have their bodies altered, who've had precancerous cells removed, um, who've had to have surgery, hysterectomies, all because of cervical cancer. 
Well, I was diagnosed myself at the age of 35 with, pre, with the HBZ virus within the results from the, my hysterectomy and I had my ovaries removed at 35. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that came out. And I only, you know, I wasn't sexually active except with my husband. I didn't have, you know, because there is a, a big conception around having multiple partners and, mm-hmm. you know, the increase in having sex young and all that. None of that, that was my diagnosis and, you know, I had a history and thankfully I'm fine. And then, by the way, that's all the more reason why we need to roll it out to young boys too, because it's obviously young boys that are spreading it as well. And, you know, and a man who's 26 or 27 could have HPV. He would never even know he has it. Yeah. You see, this is it. It's like, they call it like the cold, it's in the same family as the cold sore family. And like many of us walk around with the cold sore family, we can see it on our faces. But Mm. however, this one is internal, we won't see it. Yeah. Some people have no symptoms. They're symptomless. You it's know, it's so, similar. To, I mean, there's also uh, an epidemic of chlamydia at the moment, which yeah, is a sexually, act- a sexually transmitted disease. That's sexually active, yeah. That's yeah. a different family. And again, yeah. that's dangerous for women in childbirth, but it that's shows right. no symptoms in men whatsoever. None. That's exactly true. I mean, babies have to be delivered by C-section. You know, there's an awful lot of ramifications for the mm-hmm. different sexually transmitted diseases, which we are hopefully all educated on. Mm-hmm. But this is different. This is a virus that is silent and it, it causes detrimental damage and... Mm-hmm. loss of life and if we can protect our children early on maybe it's a chance now I mean I would have been one of those people a bit sceptical about it but from today and listening to that girl's story and the bravery she went through I think yes we have to say it does seem it, it, it will protect them let's use that as another thing to protect our children I mean there was a lot of damage done to the immunisation programme 2016 because there were many groups out there at the time who are now quite silent by the way over the last uh, year or so because nothing else has come to light in other words there's been no evidence because I'm pretty sure if there was they would have shown it to us um, when they had down narcolepsy as one of the side effects, um, you know... Death, oh, that was the swine flu. And, and, that was the swine yeah. flu, yeah. Sorry, encephalitis. They had a load of... Well, I think the main one they were pointing to was POTS syndrome, which is P-O-T-S. And yeah. this is obviously a syndrome. I mean, years ago, it used to be called the yuppie flu. Um, but they, it's POTS. But they, they, I mean, they've established that as many girls who don't get vaccinated uh, get POTS. Uh, and before the vaccination was even available, girls got POTS, particularly young girls. It seems to affect more than young boys. I uh, got POTS syndrome before that. So there is no connection between POTS and the vaccine. It just happens that it just correlates in around the same time as the vaccine. Teenagers I, yes, I, that age, you know. Yeah, I don't have 12-year-old daughters now. I have them. They're in their 30s, thank God. But, you know, I would, I would be advocating for them to get vaccinated from today. I wouldn't have been one of those people beforehand, but now I do see that. Yeah. Well, well, the good news today is, the, the news out today is that the vaccine has now reached 70%, which is great. It's up 20% on two years ago, but it would be great to get it back up to the 85% it was at initially when we rolled it out first. Uh, yeah. But Andrea, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Andrea? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good, Andrea. It's a sad day, for obviously, for Laura Brennan's family. She passed away yesterday. It's terribly sad. It's, it's like I was listening to you there. I remember reading it um, online, and it's just, so young, it's just, mm-hmm. you know. You don't think of you know cervical cancer in a young woman. You think no. of a woman normally in her forties, probably. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's just it's it's. I think it's more of a shock because she was so young. You know. Um, sorry, I'm actually kind of getting a little bit upset. <laughs> um, it, it's just it's it's just really. I just think mm. it's just so sad and for our family. Like, cause I have two daughters and I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine it. Yeah. It's just you know. It's horrible, but like um, what you were saying, I I know somebody who's in that thirty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, our daughter would be um in that age right now, and she's she's not getting her child's her daughter vaccinated, and cervical cancer kind of runs in the family. 
Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, I just, that would be um, all the more reason to do it then, yeah, wouldn't it? No, her, her excuses. Um, her reasoning is there's not enough information and only prevents one cancer, she said. Oh. Whereas me, 100%, my kids are getting vaccinated. Why is it every every lay person believes they're a doctor in situations like it's this? It's so frustrating. Like I, I said to you before, as a mother, it's my job to protect my children. So that is one way I can protect my kids. Well, I mean, could you imagine yeah. if if your daughter, you know, I mean, how old are your, your daughters now? They're 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 toddlers. So okay, they're, all right. So they have a few years ago. There's a long time to go, but it's still something that it, it's out there. I still think of it, you know. But could you imagine, you know, your daughter at thirty being diagnosed with something, you know, which could and be, I which could be, and she comes to you and said, "Why didn't you vaccinate me, ma'am?" I I couldn't live with yeah. myself. I couldn't live no. with myself. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting the vaccination would have stopped that from happening because it won't in every single case, but I certainly it would protect them. It would protect them from them, but if that if they came to me when they were older and said, listen, you know, I have this and you could have prevented it, I literally would never be able to live with myself because I could have done something. So, is it, so here's the thing. Do you believe, knowing what we know now, there's been, like, this particular vaccine has been analysed more than any other vaccine, probably this and MMR as well, because of the, the obviously the scaremongering go back about 10 years ago in relation to yeah. that as well. But there's been so many independent studies now, and nobody has yet proved that this vaccine is responsible for all these alleged injuries caused to girls. And there's been high court cases in this country, which was thrown out of the high court because there was no evidence. Yeah. At this point, I think we're pretty sure that the pros outweigh the, or should I say, the, the pros outweigh the cons. I mean, is it irresponsible now, what we know, not to get your daughter vaccinated? I think it's 100% irresponsible not to get your child vaccinated in all aspects. Like, I'm very anti-vaxxer. I've spoken to you before and about when this as well. I think the pros completely outweigh the cons. Like you were saying, a lot of it, I think, symptoms that girls have gotten during, around the time of getting the vaccine Mm -hmm. is coincidental. Everything does have side effects. I believe the main side effects from the HPV vaccine is a fever and then like fainting so, I believe some girls fainting faint is, yeah, and yeah. But, I mean, but, but I mean I, I, I think well I think as a nurse or if I get an infection yeah. so I don't think I, I think so Bernie I mean you mentioned you were a nurse I think yeah. I think fainting during vaccines of any type or blood tests or whatever Very it is common. is quite common isn't it it's I, when common. I was pregnant every time I got blood tests done I was I hit the deck on like, the floor I mean it's a con- yeah we all have a fear of the needle. We have a fear of what's going in. We're all it is part of normal. It's yeah. a normal reaction to most things. Yeah. The, the rare things that happen and the really rare things can happen to any uh, any tablet you take. None of us can guarantee what we take. Even yeah. from the health food shop doesn't have an in, you know some impact on our system. Mm-hmm. In some cases, there's no guarantees. I mean, if you were to read the um, you know the warnings that come with most medication nowadays, yeah, you probably would never take them. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, some of them, I mean, the problem is they have to put everything down. If anybody has ever called them or has a concern and there's a possibility of anything, be it stroke, fever, heart attack, death, for whatever, they have to put it down. My Uh, sister works for a pharmaceutical company in that area of, you know, drug trials and side effects. Mm -hmm. And she was saying if somebody has, like, you know, severe sneezing after taking it, they have to put it down. They have to put it down, even if it's only one person out of of a million. Even if if it's only one person because it's classes. Side effects. So if you took a tab, like a, a type of paracetamol that was put out there, and as soon as they took it, every time they took it, they got a sneezing fit. It's classed as a side effect, even mm-hmm. though you know one one out of a million. It could be just like you know 
it could be something to do with antihistamine or something, you know, she was saying it's something ridiculous, you know. Yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Barry. I also think that a lot of us are are uneducated in the the interactions of drugs, like the simplest things, like, you know, taking Panadol and Nurofen at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, they could cause a reaction as well. Like, people are not really up to speed in reading things, so we have to get the education into them in, you know, visually or, you know, set up a stand and tell people. People are not aware of how dangerous some drugs are taken that we could buy over the counter. You know, there's a lot of things that we can mix and, and get a terrible reaction to. Okay, but I think in relation to HPV, I think the HSE have done a reasonably good job at this point putting up all the information possible on their website. If you want to go to it, there, sh- there needs to be, when you're talking about HPV for your daughter, there needs to be a one-stop shop, so to speak, and not loads of information all over the place. Go to a recognised website. Don't just go to, you know, com or whatever it is, because I'm pretty sure you'll find some news that you don't want to hear. Anthony, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Anthony? Hi, nice. How are things? Uh, Anthony, is it, is it fair to call people irresponsible who don't vaccinate their children with HPV or their daughters? Well, personally, I'm just a lay person the same as yourself. I wouldn't say to get the vaccine or I wouldn't say not to get the vaccine. But I think it's very rich to have a nurse on the air from the nursing profession talking about giving people vaccines and medications when they won't even, the medical, the, the nursing profession don't even take a, undertake the flu vaccine, a simple vaccine, the flu vaccine. So it's kind of a case of do as I say, but not as I do. I mean, when nurses won't even, even take the simple flu vaccine, how do they expect people to take them seriously or respect them? Well, the, the flu vaccine, I understand the point you're making about the flu vaccine and nurses. It's not, unless you're a nurse, it's not necessary. Right. I mean, for I mean, it, it, I suppose if you have, uh, you know, a, a bad immune system, elderly people who are more prone, I suppose, to sadly dying from people with flu. cystic fibrosis. Absolutely. That they're yeah. nursing. Yeah. That their lungs are very compromised. So mm. like for a nurse to be coming on air telling people you should do this and you should do that and you should do the other. Well, I think the nurses should go away for themselves and take the flu vaccine. And it should be made mandatory like it is in other countries. Well, they, well, there's where you see you're treading into dodgy ground. I mean, if you were saying that, you know, okay, Barney said she was, I don't think she still is a nurse. But, no, uh, I'm retired. She's retired, okay. But if you're saying to a nurse, you have to do this, you're making something mandatory, I would never, as much as I'm a huge supporter of vaccines, and I absolutely believe they are the best thing that's ever happened um, to humanity in the last kind of hundred years, I, oh, still, I still would never turn around and say we must make it mandatory. I definitely, I agree with you there. I'm not anti-vaccinations, but... I know, I'm not I suggesting just, you I are. don't know, like... I mean, no, I, I, do, I do understand the hypocrisy that you're pointing out. Now, I know yeah. it was a bit stupid. The government offered them a box of chocolates during the year if they took it. Yeah, I but mean, so. that's ridiculous, like. And then they're expecting the public to undertake vaccines when people on the front line in nursing, like, won't even, even take undertake a simple flu vaccine. But on top of that, I just, I don't know, Niall. I just kind of think... It's still in its infancy, like those. Girls but every vaccine went, is going to be in its infancy when it starts off first. But when infancy nowadays, compared to forty years ago, when mistakes were made, there's no doubt mistakes were made in different vaccines and drugs that we release. But nowadays, the regulations around clinical trials, um, human trials, all sorts of trials are so much stricter that they're not in their infancy. When you see a vaccine coming out nowadays, you pretty much know it's been well and truly tested. But you yeah. said yourself at the start of the show that women don't normally develop this cancer until middle age. Those girls who underwent the pilot program in Australia, they're in their late 20s, maybe early 30s Absolutely. now at this stage. 
they have another 50 years of life. But we can, through, yeah, but yeah. we can already see the results of the vaccine because we can see the results of, say, precancerous cells, which um, uh, I suppose show themselves in young girls between the ages, of, I suppose, of about 23 and 27. And, you know, and I know somebody recently who was in that situation and she was very worried about the fact that she had precancerous cells and had to get the laser, whatever it is, to get them removed, right? Now, she wasn't around for the vaccine program, but if she was, she may not have got those precancerous cells. They are, that's, that's what turns into cancer. But we don't really know that. We do know that. Yeah. Well, you just said yourself at the start of the programme, as I said, it doesn't develop until middle age normally. No, no, well, not, well, not all Even the time. vaccine at a young age might prevent them getting, the va- get, getting any cell changes at all. And That's how do you they, know they, that? They because there's already the evidence on that. There's Mark. evidence since 2006 on that, Anthony. Until those girls... No, hang on, Mark. Mark. Years, they, they, girls, no, Mark, the evidence is there. 80% reduction in precancerous cells in young women. That's the evidence. Niall, those girls who underwent the pilot programme in Australia are in their late 20s, early 30s. No, no, when you say say pilot, hold on, hold on, it's not a pilot programme. It was rolled out officially across the nation in 2006 in Australia. They were the first going to do it. Okay, Okay, that's not a pilot programme. It was rolled out. It's an immunisation programme. And those girls who are are the population of Australia, young women of Australia, they had an uptake of 87 or 89%, right? Those girls have now seen an 80% reduction in precancerous cells. What more evidence do you need? Those girls have another 50 years to live yet by the law of average. But you're, you're, and you're missing but the point you, I'm trying to make to you. But your system might, might, you know, get weakened by something else altogether. But if you have a vaccine in your body that's going to strengthen your body against a certain form of cancer, which is a killer in women, why not have it? Okay, well, stay there because I have to take a break. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is uh, 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. <clears throat> Uh, Niall, uh, how dare you? My daughter is one of those girls who is now wheelchair-bound because of the vaccine. I don't believe you. Another person says, uh, Niall, absolutely, I completely agree. Every girl should be given this vaccine. They should make it mandatory. No, I wouldn't agree with that either. Uh, Another person says, uh, Niall, uh, I think it's outrageous that parents, knowing what they know about cancer and cervical cancer, would deny their daughters this vaccine. They have blood on their hands. Somebody says, in relation to Anthony's point before the break, you're missing that guy's point, Niall. He's saying that the vaccine has worked for HPV, but we can say it's 100% safe until they live a full life as something may creep up later in life. E.g., it may activate genes of another disorder that is triggered in midlife, of which we are many, are something like e.g. dementia. Not to say HPV might cause dementia, uh, that would be uh, illogical. It would be quite illogical, actually. But that we don't know what else it might cause. I support HPV, but I see his point. It's a risk we must take. Uh, yeah, well, I don't believe, you know, that your risk that you're talking about. And I don't believe that was actually Anthony's point about it being damaging later in life. I think the point was he was trying to say that we don't know how many women will not get cervical cancer in their mid-40s. I think that was the point he was trying to make, uh, which I do understand the point he's trying to make. I just don't agree with it. Uh, let me just stay there for a second, Anthony. Let me go to Dave. Dave, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Dave? Mild, how are you doing? Uh, Dave, you know, I mean, sadly, this young girl is not with us anymore. She's passed away, but you're a very brave woman who changed the face of this HPV vaccine and certainly has increased the uptake on it again. But what do you say to the 30% of parents who are still refusing to vaccinate their daughters? I think it's absolutely, it, it's bordering on abuse, if you ask me. Um, I just think it's it's terrible, you know. And I have a very close friend that um, that actually we're, we're kind of falling out over this because she's constantly posting uh, stuff on Facebook. Like I had a big router the other day because she posted something about the, the Gardasil um, 
about some some scientist or something and God knows where. Yeah, know, some, and, and, and some the, wacko, yeah, somewhere. The, the website that uh, that it was from was um, realpharmacy.org right. and pharmacy was spelled F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. Right, and I said yeah. to her, like, look, look what you're doing here. Like, people are, people are looking at this and they're putting the fear of God into them. Like, yeah. And she's like, no, no, I've got two girls and, you know, um, you know, the, the, one of them is can hardly get out of bed in the morning and all because of it. Just, yeah, I have a teenage, so I have a teenage daughter who can hardly get out of bed, but it's nothing to do with a vaccine. No, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I mean, it, it is. I think it it is ridiculous that people are kind of putting the two and putting two and two together and making four or five. Yeah, five. These are the same people, like you know, that are turning around and saying, "Oh, it's, it's all a conspiracy. It's all to do with big pharma." And I was actually quite surprised that the last guy there actually didn't mention Big Pharma because when you, when you just mentioned it there, I kind of had a little laugh to myself. I said, "Oh God, like seriously, there's another one." Like, yeah, well, I well, no, it- I have no interest in Big Pharma. Actually, I didn't mention Big Pharma because I have no interest in Big Pharma. No, I didn't but, say. But I didn't say I was an anti. I didn't say I was an anti-vaccine person. I just said we don't. No, we won't know. We do. We know they're safe. Well, we do know they're safe. We know it's safe. We don't know it's safe oh, until stop. those girls live. So you, but you're, but you're bad. So what, what? So what do we do with every single vaccine we release? So nobody touches the vaccine until we do it on three people and wait forty years. Is that what we do? Dead, like, yeah. are, you, are you having a laugh, Mark? No, I'm. It's Anthony. Oh, Anthony. Sorry. Are you having a laugh? No, I'm not having a laugh. I'm not having a laugh at all. We don't know. You don't know. I do know. Man. People are... I know as at present, nobody has died from the vaccine. Anywhere. But, t- but thousands have mentioned- died because they haven't used the vaccine. Neither did I ever mention anything about side effects of the vaccine or whatever. No, but you... Well, you, you, you yeah, but you do, you do seem to be pro- promoting a very negative view of it. What did I say from the start of the conversation? You said I you weren't would- anti-vaccine, but you are promoting a negative and view. I, said I wouldn't advise someone to get it, and I wouldn't advise someone not to get it. It's up to themselves. Well, why wouldn't you advise someone to get it? Because I don't know. So, uh, well, Anthony, let me put it to you. I know you don't have any children, but if you did have a daughter, right, and she was 12 years of age, and today, by the way, is the day that the vaccine is given in the schools around the country. Today is the day. By the way, how do you know I have no children? Go on, anyway. I think you mentioned it before. But, okay, so let's, okay, let's argue that, you, let's say that you don't have children, right? Yeah, go on. Yeah. And you have a 12, or you do have a child, she's a 12-year-old daughter. Would you get her yeah. the vaccine? No. No. That's just ridiculous. That's just terrible. No, because nobody knows. That's just terrible. That's just terrible. That's just terrible. Well, how how would you do it terrible? What would you do then if you thought it was? We don't know until those Australian girls have been under and actually said to you, "Why didn't you get me vaccinated when you should have?" Like, and you what about if you got her vaccinated and she came back to you in ten years' time and said, "I still have it." Nobody knows. Well, if she, well, but if she, if you did get her vaccinated and she did get cervical cancer, sadly, you know, at least you know you did everything you could to prevent that. Now, it might not necessarily prevent it in every single person. It's probably not. No vaccine is one hundred percent secure or safe. Can I explain it in some way? Can I? Can no, you're not making any sense. You're not making any. You well, just told us you're not anti-vaccine, but you just told me if you were a twelve-year-old girl, you wouldn't get her vaccinated. It's like people. You are anti-vaccine. No, I'm not anti You are. I'm, I am not at all. Yeah, I think he is. No, I'm not. But it's like people, all oh, antibiotics, antibiotics people, when they have a cough and they have a flu and this, that and the other, were getting antibiotics and they thought it would be the cure. And now people are being told, don't look for antibiotics. Okay, let me know. So, Mark, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Anthony, you go in tomorrow to a doctor and you have an illness, right? Yeah. And your doctor said to you, I don't know what your illness is, right? You have a sore big toe, right? And your doctor says, I have this great stuff. It's just come out there last year. It's called sore big toe tablets. And these are the best things ever. They have an 80% success rate. They're amazing. Only came out last year. Are you going to take them? They're not around 40 years. You don't know what side effects are going to happen in 40 years' time. Are you going to take them? Yeah, but that's reactive. <laughs> that's stay, well, stay there for a second. Let me go to Jean. Jean, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Jean? Is it? Oh, sorry, Jean. Hold on. Go ahead, Jean. Hi, how are you? Um, Jean, it's a very sad day, you know, for the Brennan family, but I believe a great day in the fact that their daughter is responsible, a brave woman who was responsible for saving many lives. Would you, would you get your daughters vaccinated? I have. I have had my daughter vaccinated. Mm. And she was vaccinated very early when it first came out. She's 18 now. Okay. I had two treatments myself for pre-cervical um, cancer. Yeah. And how how are you now, by the way? Oh, fantastic! Good. Yeah, just keeping an eye. And um, but sorry, I'm a little bit nervous. Um, Don't be nervous. Okay. When I heard and found out about the vaccine, I had no no qualms at all about having my daughter vaccinated. And he's saying there, oh, you know, he wouldn't have his daughter. I don't know his name. I'm sorry, Anthony. He wouldn't have Anthony. Anthony. Um, if down the line, God forbid, my daughter got cervical cancer. Um, and I hadn't had her vaccinated. I don't think I could live with the consequences. Jean, um, how do you convince people, uh, maybe not so much like Anthony, but how do you convince people who are very anti-vaccination that it's a good thing? I, well, look, as, as a parent, we only guess, you know, our job is to look after our children and to protect them. Okay? I mean, <clears throat> I know the worry and the... Uh, the worry I had mm-hmm. when I found this, I had I had um, grade three when um, I had to go get the the laser treatment done. Okay, and the worry then of you know of, of waiting for results, yeah. of hoping that things are going to be okay. You yeah. know, I had a friend in that situation. Yeah, yeah I know exactly and, what it's like. And just look at just sit and look at your child. Look at your daughter, look at your sons, and think how those parents are feeling today. And, and to think that you could just pop in, it's very quick, inoculation, done, and you're, in some way you're protecting your, your child, your daughter. Well, stay there for a second, because Sarah, you're on Classic that's how I. That's how I think of it. Okay. And there's also another side to this, I think. Well, well just very quick, because I need to go to Sarah as well before the news. Just stay there, Jean, just for a second. Sarah, you would be unsure about recommending it to anybody. Um, yeah. Why? Um, look, like, I, I don't want to get in an argy-bargy, and, and, and I think it's, it's, you know, it's a hard day, and I'm, my heart goes out for to Laura and her family, but... I just am saying I'm in, unsure. I'm not anti-vaccination at all. It's okay, it's okay to be unsure. I'm pro-vaccination. I just have questions, and that's all I would say. And I feel like this whole program has been shoved down our throats from the get-go, like from a, a massively inept government. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to backtrack on all of their massive failures. And every time someone has a question, first of all, if someone is, you know, has questions, like they're, they're screams that they're a bigot and that they're like, 
you know, like a Christian weirdo and all that. And then, and then, and then, if they have questions, like those questions aren't answered, and we just talk about the emotion. And what questions it. in particular do you believe that people are doubtful about the answers that the HSE are giving them? Because we don't. If you don't want to trust the HSE, you don't have to. You can go to the World Health Organization. You can have a look at Australian's Health Board. Uh, they're the ones who brought in the vaccine initially. That's where the vaccine was developed. So you you can look on their websites or, or have a look at the information that's coming from there. If you don't trust the HSE, I get you now, but. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Um, I, I suppose, yeah, I don't trust the government and, and I don't trust like the likes of Simon Harris. Um, like they, they've all been why, why, why they do you backtrack on other things. I, I understand, but, by the way, I'm not going to completely disagree with you. The government have had many failures, many failures, particularly with, in relation to cervical cancer, by the way, and the smear tests. So we can absolutely say they've had many failures, right? So, so, so as a young woman, surely I have the right to ask some questions. But you have got the right to ask questions. But I, but I think the problem is, Sarah, with the HIV vaccine, it's been around now for, you know, at least the last eight years in this country, or six or seven years anyway in this country. And all those questions have been asked. All the studies have been done, independent and otherwise, have been done. So how long has the HIV vaccine been around? 2006. For? 2006. So we have no idea of the long term. We do. We do. We, we, we do. This vaccine. When you say long term <laughs> impact, the only impact so far is positive. But the only impact is positive. We've, if we look at the results from the first women who got it, our young girls at 12 years of age back in 2006 in Australia, they've seen already an 80% decrease in precancerous cells. That's 80% less people that ended up in the situation Jean was in, whereas twice she had precancerous cells and had the heart worried out of her. Yeah, no, like, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just give you my questions, okay? So my questions are, what are the long-term impacts? What is causing the huge, the, the dramatic rise in cervical cancer? Um, there isn't a dramatic what, rise. What, well, what, I, what okay, let, let's clarify something. There isn't a dramatic rise in cervical cancer. There hasn't been a dramatic rise in cervical cancer in any cancers. What we're doing now is nowadays we're actually very good at diagnosing it, where we weren't 30 or 40 years ago. Sadly, women died of cervical cancer 30 or 40 years ago. We didn't diagnose it. Now we actually diagnose it. We're good at getting there before it happens. We're good at getting there before people die. Unfortunately for Laura, that wasn't the case. But in most cases, we are good at getting there. We have national programs for smear tests now. We didn't have that back 30, 40 years ago. Women died. There isn't an increase in cervical cancer. And why why are they calling it the um, the women's... Like, why is it calling the cervical cancer vaccine when now they're recommending that boys get it too? Because boys are the ones who spread HPV. Ah, okay. But hmm. so... so so, but but so, women have more to lose. That's why when we have money, it, it, we're limited by the budgets that we have, obviously. And when we have money for a national immunization program, we give it to those who we believe are most vulnerable. So women are most vulnerable to HPV, not boys, because it has no effect on boys. And um, is there any other way to prevent cervical cancer? Not really, no. Eat healthy. Um, but that's not but, going to prevent but it. Isn't it. But isn't it true that, that, that you don't get cervical cancer if, you're, if, if you don't sleep with someone who's infected with cervical cancer? No. Not necessarily. Unless you, are you going to say celibate for the rest of your life? No, but 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 like I've chatted to my girlfriends about this. Like, you know, I'm, I I haven't done a survey at the countrywide, but I I like I know I know like my, most of my friends, my friends don't sleep around. You know, yeah, but you don't have to sleep around. That's that's a myth. You do. Well, yeah. Sorry, sorry Jean. I had one one partner. No, one sorry. Partner. There you go. Say, there's Jean. She had one partner. Sorry, I said it to your producer. I didn't want an argy bargy. Like I think we're not having an argy bargy. I'm just saying to you that's a myth. You don't have to be somebody who's sleeping around to get HPV. What? No, but I, I didn't say that. No, no. Sorry, I said so. the opposite. Yeah. 
I didn't say that. I said the opposite. Look, like I don't want to stay long on your program. I'm not. Oh, that's okay. I, you know, I'm not. But all, all I'll say to you, Sarah, because I know you don't want to stay long, and I have to go to news anyway. But look, all I'll say to you is rethink it. Look at reputable websites. Don't listen to Mary down the road. Don't be looking on Facebook for information about people who claim they got all sorts of illnesses from the HPV, which they didn't actually because they can't prove it. Look at reputable websites and look at the reputable results. And I think you might change your mind. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.